Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 25-8 Sportscast, episode 84 coming at you. I'm your host, Tommy Fink, and alongside me today, as always, is Jet Rosenstein. Jet, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be back for another episode. You can't tell uh, based on my background, but I am, I am back in South Florida. Had the wonderful chance to see this block. We turn your phone sideways to see this block in person. It was an outstanding uh, memory that I now have created for the rest of my life. And I, and I hope to create more memories with this team, the Miami Heat, as I continue going along in my life. But happy to be here for a great episode. It might be a little bit shorter, um, smaller, uh, but it, always good, always packed with great quality content. And I'm excited to get started. Yeah, Jed, I'm excited as well. We're actually going to flip the script a bit here. And Whoa. when I say flip the script, I mean flip the script. We're starting with our word of the day segment, just to give it a shot. Uh, in other words, we didn't have a stat of the day prepared, so we're going to do this first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I have it all ready to go. I've been planning on what word we were going to do since the minute May 10th begun when Merriam-Webster put this word of the day on the website. I was anticipating what word it was what word it was going to be and today's word of the day on may 10th as we are recording laden laden is an adjective laden describes things that are heavily loaded with something literally or figuratively to use it in a sentence in terms of non-sports before i get into my my narrative that i want to um <laughs> create here airline passengers laden with luggage and slowly through the gate his voice was heavily laden with sarcasm the miami heat are laden with talent up and down that roster you can go from the this best player on the team jimmy butler to the 15th man on the team nikola jovic all of these guys on this team have a role on this team all of these guys are able to produce if they are called at any given point when you look at someone like the knicks you look at their number one, Jalen Brunson, all the way down to their number 15, Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has can't really provide much at this point of his career. While Jalen Brunson can, there's not as much um, uniformity up and down that Knicks roster. The Knicks roster is not laden with experience or talent, hence why they're in our 3-1 hole against the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are synonymous with the word laden, Tommy. No, I like what you did there. I just I don't know if we could really say that the the Miami Heat are laden with talent. Um, I'll go ahead and give the Heat a compliment if that's what you want. I, I'd say the Miami Heat are laden with you know hard workers. They're laden with worker bees. I don't think they're laden with talent. I don't think it comes natural to these guys. You know, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin. These are all guys. You know, draft stock wasn't high, or if there was any for any of these guys. You don't you get know, to this point if they're not somewhat talented. No, uh, there's talent, but I don't know if there's laden talent. Jeff. Oh, there That's is. The it's, it's, uh, it's, it's lathered up and down this team. No, nah, I wouldn't like I wouldn't go as far as saying it's lathered up and down. And Nikola Jovic, you know, despite the name value, I don't know if uh, Nikola Jovic has provided very much for this Heat team yet. So I don't know if one to 15 is a good comparison. I also don't know if uh, D Rose is technically the 15 on, on the New York Knicks roster either, but. I still no, know. I mean, I you know, he's probably not going to see the court the whole playoffs. Either is no. Nikolaevich, unless God forbid someone else gets injured. But I don't know if you've seen pictures of Nikolaevich. Maybe, maybe on a future episode we'll look at some befores and afters. But time when he was drafted to to now, um, he's absolutely shredded now. He's been he's been in the really? weight room. He's ready for a second year, ready to go. I think he's he's going to be a big part of this team going forward. 
also dealt with some injuries as well. Um, that guy's well, not dripping, him, that, there's, there's, there's not there's not sweat dripping down that guy's that guy's no. body. He's he's laden with talent up and down it. So no, well, I mean, to sweat you got to get active. Uh, he hasn't seen the court much, but I will say he does provide something to Miami. He desperately need and, and a little bit of height to the roster because desperately desperately needs some as as Bam Adebayo very clearly won't be able to hold his own against you know a, a very good center you know Brook Lopez meh. you know maybe he's guarding Julius Randle um, Isaiah Hartenstein but you know when he gets to guys like the Joel Embiid's of the world or or you know God or Robert forbid, Williams or Robert or God, Williams. God forbid they make it out to the west uh, to play the west in this playoffs which won't happen you know the Nikola Jokic's of the world. He's a, he's in trouble, but nonetheless, very, I like what you did here with word of the day, Jack. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Speaking of Miami heat, let's go ahead and roll into that series. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, the day of this recording. You guys will be listening to this episode Thursday, the 11th. By the time that happens, we may see an outcome in a couple of series here. The Miami heat and New York Knicks, the heat lead the series three, one and the Lakers and warriors. The Lakers are also up three, one. That is a take that I had that is aging like some fine wine that the Lakers would make the Western Conference Finals. No one really believed it. I'm very proud of how that's turned out. And here's what I'm looking at with Heat Knicks. Heading back to the Garden. I say, I think, I mean, I think it's not far-fetched to say the Knicks take game five here. I think Heat and six is probably always the route for this Miami Heat team over the New York Knicks. Um, and so far, you know, Jimmy Butler has played absolutely astounding. Caleb Martin has slowly turned into one of my favorite players in the NBA, not on the Philadelphia 76ers, just watching him play and uh, the effort he puts in like 24-7. I mean, there's no jog in this guy's step. I think I think Heat and six, but uh, I know you're a big Heat and five guy, so I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it was always Heat and five. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty no. simple. It's pretty simple when it comes down to that. I get it. The Heat are going back to New York. It is a hostile environment to play in, uh, but this is where the series is going to end. The Heat know how much they need that rest. Rest up Jimmy Butler's ankle. Rest up Bam Adebayo's hamstring. Uh, numerous other injuries up and down this roster, and with the Celtics and 76ers series already going into game six and potentially game seven, if Boston's able to win, um, this would allow this Heat team even more time to get right and get ready for what's going to be a battle. Um, They're going to win this series. The Knicks are not coming back from a 3-1 deficit. They don't have that type of team. They don't have those types of players to be able to pull off such a miraculous feat. Um, They're winless in these types of situations while the Heat are undefeated in these types of situations in their playoff history. Uh, one thing I will say, there's been a lot of talk, especially on, on ESPN, about the reasons why the Knicks losing these two games in Miami. Um, apparently, the weather has had an impact on this series. I'm not really sure how that is. Um, you know, if I remember correctly, basketball, basketball does happen indoors. This is not <laughs> the Bills coming down to the Hard Rock Stadium to play against the Dolphins while they're sitting in 100-degree sun. Uh, this is indoors. I I can confirm this because I was at this game. There is a roof over the stadium. Um, no sun to be observed from where I was sitting. But that has clearly not been a factor. Enough of the weather concerns. And everyone everyone's trying to find any possible reason to say why the Knicks have been losing these games. It's one thing is clear. They're just not ready for this moment yet. They were ready to be to win their first round matchup against the Cavs because. When you compare the Knicks and Cavs, the Knicks are a more experienced team than the Cavs. And 
it looks like the Cavs are, were, are even worse than where they finished in the regular season based on how the Knicks are playing now. But uh, the Knicks, the Knicks aren't going to be going anywhere. I'm sure they can continue to make improvements. Maybe they make a head coaching change because it seems like there's some issues there with in terms of making adjustments. It seems like Tom Thibodeau is always one step behind Eric Spolstra. Also credit to Eric Spolstra for always, you know, continuing um, how successful he's been in these types of situations. Potentially, three three of the past four years going to be in an Eastern Conference Final. So. Yeah, I think the Heat finish it up tonight on, on May 10th, 2023 in Madison Square Garden, and all the Knicks fans are are storming for the exits by the midpoint of the fourth quarter. Wow. Bold prediction there. I I, I think I still think I think the Knicks take this one at home at the garden. Um and, and just to go back to a point you made earlier, give a little credit to this New York Knicks team. I I, I gotta say, like to their defense. They're playing on top of a hockey rink over there at the Garden. So maybe the weather does have a bit to do with it. They're a little used to, a little more used to this cold weather. Uh, you know, no ice to be found in Miami, and I think that's a given. So I think we should be a little bit more fair to the uh, to the temperature differences and give this team a shot. Okay. 3-2. Three, 3-2 two. Three, two is what we're looking at. Uh Heat I'll say heat and six. It's heat and six. It really is. By the way, congrats on the your, your Lakers pick. It's looking looking very good. I it, it I, is, I did not I did not see that happening, but uh clearly everyone on that team has you know taken a step forward in, in the right direction since the playoffs have started. And the Warriors have looked pretty discombobulated. Obviously, the Grizzlies before were very discombobulated, but the Lakers have looked pretty, pretty good nonetheless. And I still think though the winner the winner of that Suns Nuggets series is, is gonna get to the finals, but um you know the Lakers from where they started being a seven seed in these playoffs have, have surely shown that they belong. Yeah, and and they've I mean they've looked good. Like for me, obviously I didn't see like the emergence of Rui Hachimura, and he kind of has cooled off here yeah. in this Warriors series, but he was a big part of the reason why they look so good against Memphis. Yeah, uh, he's had a couple good games here. My main take was Anthony Davis. I just don't think I don't think that like Draymond Green can guard him alone, and I don't think that without Stephen Adams, like I don't think Jaron Jackson could do it all by himself. Um, and then, which is why Rui Hachimura is hitting these open threes, and Austin Reeves is getting open. Lonnie Walker, LeBron James, Lonnie Walker. He's at. He's get, I mean, all these guys are are coming together. Teams playing incredibly well as a unit. Um, LeBron James has had yet another good playoffs, oldest player to average 20 points a game, as well as the youngest player to average 20 points a game throughout the season. I think his resume speaks for itself. I think the Lakers take care of business here tonight. I don't, I really don't see this series going to six, Jet. I don't know if you're. I disagree. Like, I think we're, we're really, we're in different opinion in both of these series. I think. Well, with when, the... you, when you look at, when you look at the Warriors being down three, two, they're going to be, um, they're gonna they're gonna be in in Los Angeles, I believe, for for Game Six. Obviously, it's different than the Knicks who are down being at home for Game Six. I get it, you know, one's on the road, one's on the home. But when when you look at the Warriors, they have experience in these types of situations. They've come down, come back from big deficits before. I get, you know, this is a LeBron James team, and it's never easy to to pull off a big upset on a LeBron James team. But I don't think the Warriors are winning this series. That's not what I'm saying. I think they're able to show a little bit more in, in game in this next game here and, and win this one. Um, they're, they're too talented of a team to just lose to the Lakers like this. 
I think we've been waiting for some adjustments to be made, and there have been some, but not enough to cool down this hot Lakers team. That's just sort of what's happened both in the East and West. Two hot teams, lower seeds that have really kicked it into gear and have just not looked back since then. That's what the Lakers are doing. That's what the Heat are doing. Lakers will be in the, the Western Conference Finals, um, but I think the Warriors pick up a win in the, in this next game. Yeah, and um, obviously I agree with you if LeBron and Anthony Davis are both unable to go or if either of them are unable to go tonight, both of them game time decisions with lower body, body injuries. So obviously pending that is, is what is what I'm seeing. Obviously I'm not going to take the Lakers without either of their two superstars to, to, to close this one out on the road in five. But nonetheless, I do agree with you. I think this is the Lakers series to take. Um, and then we move it over. To the other series in the West Jet, we're looking at Nuggets and Suns, and you know, I don't think TNT could get enough of just flashing the graphic on the screen. 87% of Game Five winners, when it's a pivot game, go on to win the series. Uh, they flashed it all throughout the Sixers and Celtics, and they flashed it all throughout the Nuggets and Suns. Nuggets ended up winners of Game Five, so they are now up three to two. And what I'm looking at is. Every team in the series has won at home so far. So is that a trend that you look to continue here? Do you think this goes to seven? I think it does. I think with I – mean, it's been – I know the the Nuggets won the first two. The Suns won the next two. Um, but with how both teams are playing, on, like you mentioned, on their respective courts, it seems like it is mattering than maybe some of these other series around the league. Um we know what the Suns are capable of. They are not a typical four seed. Um, and the Nuggets, obviously, they've choked in these types of situations before. So I don't think it would be surprising to anyone, not only if they lose this game, but if they lose the series in general. But the Nuggets are in the driver's seat. They played extremely well. I'm kind of regretting not changing my pick to them because I truly believe, besides them being the number one seed, I think they are the best team in the Western Conference. As they've shown, I think they've been pretty consistent all throughout the playoffs. They've had some hiccups along the way, but Nikola Jokic, Jokic has been playing like an MVP, even though he, he didn't deserve deserve the honors this year. Uh, he still played like one all throughout these playoffs. I think the Suns pick up game six, Nuggets wrap it up, game seven at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think the Suns take game six, and I think game seven is a toss-up. I, I think if the Suns are able to get Paul on the floor healthy, if Booker's ready to go, Durant's ready to go, I still think that this is a very, very, you know, it's in the realm of possibilities for Phoenix Suns to take down the Denver Nuggets in seven games. There's no yeah. reason that a Kevin Durant, a playoff Devin Booker, and the experience of Chris Paul – isn't able to get it done. Um, they have to find an answer. DeAndre Ayton has to find an answer for Nikola Jokic. They have to do something to stop him when he's on the offensive side of the ball because it's it's you know he's rebounding, he's assisting, and he's scoring. And you know if one guy's doing so much, it's hard to win because you know obviously not everyone else is going to be just dead. They're going to be open because you're going to be focused on the guy that has been dominating you for the first two and a half quarters. So if they can't find an answer for Jokic in game six, that's what I'm looking at. So so for tomorrow night's game, I think the Suns are going to win regardless. But if Jokic goes up and puts another triple-double, I'm going to take the Nuggets in seven. Uh, if they can find some sort of answer, if they can get him 
and maybe if they can just get him into foul trouble somehow, if they can bait some fouls, if they can do something to maybe to answer this Nikola Jokic offense, I think the Suns win it in seven. Uh, obviously, that's pending, Jed. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. I think uh, it, it's going to be exciting. I think like, all, all of these series, for the most part, I've been – I mean, obviously, the Heat one has been pretty exciting for me, but – and even with the Lakers Warriors, even with it not being as close as people would have expected, um, just it's still of so much history. headlines, the headlines, right. the history, the players involved. But then you have like these two series that are going to be going into game six on Thursday night. I mean, these, these are these are four great teams. Both matchups are very, very exciting. Could both be game sevens when it's all said and done. Um, but yeah, the, obviously the other one, if, if you want to talk about yeah. it a little bit, the Celtics and 76ers as well. Yeah. So the Celtics and Sixers. And like I mentioned, when game five is a swing game, the winner of that goes on to win 87% of the time. I don't know what the stats for that are when the road team wins game five in a pivot game. Um, but I'm sure that the, the numbers go up just that much more because now the Sixers have an opportunity to head back home with the three, two lead. I think they have to get get the job done in six. I think if this game goes seven series, it's the Celtics series to yeah. win. Um, so it's kind of Sixers on Thursday night or it's, it's Celtics versus heat in the Eastern conference finals again. And, you know, obviously it's been a, a huge factor of how bad Jason Tatum has played and how good this defense of the Philadelphia 76ers has been. It's been choking. It really has. This team hasn't been able to score. The Anthony Melton has been, you know, you, you can't get past him. P.J. Tucker, we know the defense he plays. Joel Embiid is averaging four blocks a game in the playoffs. Um, so this is a team that, you know, and then and even the even the guys that – even the other guys that no one talks about as, as defenders, Tobias Harris has been playing well. He's been averaging like nine boards a game here in the playoffs so far. Uh, it's, it's been a huge group effort for this Sixers team. And then on the other side of the ball, Jalen Brown needs the ball more. I, I, I can't believe how much Jason Tatum is – is hogging him and Marcus Smart both are, are keeping the ball out of Jalen Brown's hands way too much. Uh, back-to-back games, actually, the Sixers, the two games in a row that they just won, Jalen Brown was in a bit of foul trouble, not necessarily towards the end of game, end of the game, but he had two or three fouls before halftime, both of these last two games. So strategically having to take him out. And then we got to remember, this is also a rookie head coach yeah. that the Celtics team is working with. I think Doc Rivers, you know, a lot of people don't agree with his coaching style, but he definitely has the experience over him. Um, and he's playing with guys that he's comfortable with. You know, these are all guys he's been playing with. I mean, James Harden is is like the third newest player on this team. And then DeAnthony Melton and PJ Tucker have been healthy all season. So it's like this team has a ton of, a ton of gel. This team is working together, you know, really well. And I think it's, it's going to be tough. I think the Sixers won this in six games. I do. Yeah, you mentioned a good point, something I wanted to touch on in terms of the coaching head-to-head battle. Obviously, when I, when you look around the playoffs so far, coaching has mattered. Obviously, when you look at the Heat, Spolstra versus Thibodeau. When you look at this series, right. Doc Rivers versus Joe Missoula, um, Doc Rivers has totally outcoached him. And, and, that, and you know, people may, may listen to this and laugh because, a lot, like you said, Doc Rivers gets a lot of flack for not not being as good of a coach as maybe some of the others in the league. But like you said, he has the experience. He's been in these types of situations, had a ton of success in Boston, um, had some had some success with with the Clippers as well. But Doc Rivers has just outcoached the Boston Celtics in this one. That's why they have the three to two lead here. I do think they finished the series off in six games, but the way that I look at this series, obviously being a heat fan and being that the heat are now in the driver's seat to win this series, 
I want to look at like, who do I prefer to play in this type of Eastern conference final setting? And, and there's, there's pros and cons of both of these matchups. When you look at the Celtics, obviously it's a rematch of last year's Eastern conference finals. And both of these teams have had their battles going all the way back to the bubble where the heat took care of business. And then the Celtics got their revenge last year. Um, I, I think for the heat, that's the preferred matchup, in my opinion, just because of the coaching. Eric Spolstra, right. I think, would totally outcoach Joe Mazzulla. We've seen some of the issues that at the Celtics have run into because of poor coaching decisions. While the Celtics are the more talented team, and that could hurt a team like the Heat, who may not have much talent as the Celtics, I think that would become a better matchup in terms of adjusting as the series goes on. When you look at the 76ers, I think it poses a bigger threat one being what happened last year with the Heat taking care of the 76ers in the second round of the playoffs. The 76ers are going to want their revenge. Obviously, P.J. Tucker going up against his former team, going to want revenge in that regard. And the 76ers also look like a different team than we've seen in years past. A lot, of the, a lot of the talk is they can never get past the second round, but this is looking like finally the year where they're going to get past the second round into the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's scary, I think. Either way, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Heat. Um, definitely, you know, would have preferred the Hawks, would have preferred the Nets. You know, you take take what you can get, I guess. But one thing I will say also about the 76ers, of the bits and pieces I've watched of the 76ers Celtics series, every time I have the game on, it doesn't seem like Tyrese Maxey is ever missing shots. And these aren't just like yeah. wide open shots. He's making very, very difficult shots with guys on him, guys that are much taller than him. Um, it's he's definitely taken a step forward, not in the regular season, but in the playoffs as well. Looking like like you have Joel Embiid and James Harden. Tyrese Max is probably probably a number two and could be could be number one on some teams around the NBA. That just kind of shows the the way he's elevated his game. And I think he's the reason why this, the 76ers are in this position right now. Yeah. And and I mean the thing I, another thing is like it's it's right now for the Sixers a four-headed monster just because it's it's very different this year's Embiid and Harden and Maxi than last year's Embiid and Harden and Maxi. You know, this year we have a somewhat healthier Embiid. We have Harden who you know, just knows chemistry. Like they have chemistry now. Harden and Maxi are good friends, like really good friends. Harden and Beat are great friends. I mentioned Harden bought him a, his first Rolex after he won the MVP, um, a custom one at that. So he dropped a real pretty penny on on Joel Embiid. I think these guys are truly like really good friends as a team, and I think that's there's something to be said about that. And then when you add just like picking up the Anthony Melton and PJ Tucker in the off season didn't look like a huge deal. Until you realize these are two guys like DeAnthony Melton was like top two in the league in deflections, top three in the league in steals this season. So, the, I mean, and then P.J. Tucker, we know his defense is just choking. It, it's he can't he doesn't maybe have the stats. He doesn't have the blocks. He doesn't have as many steals, maybe as you would think. But it's to the point where they he, no one has the ball when he's on them just because he's so close to their body at all times. And then James Harden, obviously carrying the Sixers to two of their three wins in this series, dropping a 45-pointer and a 42-pointer. And in both of those games, he hit a three within the last 30 seconds of the game that gave the Sixers the lead. Uh, so just really that's – I mean, that's backblowing. It, it hurts a team too. Like the Celtics, like their morale is down. And then, you know, you look at Al Horford. He hasn't hit a shot seemingly all series. Uh, so I think we're looking at Sixers heat and – in the West, in the West, I'm looking at Lakers, Suns, Nuggets. Too early to tell for me. I think this series still has a long, too close long to way call. To go. Too close to Vegas call. Our, our, our friends over at uh, 
all the news headquarters would say in these types of races. So, so you're looking at you're looking at Heat Sixers. I think the Nuggets. I, I mean, I it, it's definitely. I don't think it's too close to call. I, I just I just like the Nuggets. I, I've liked the Nuggets since the beginning of these playoffs. I just didn't have the balls to take them. So that's all right. It happens to the best of us, mate. <laughs> Heat Sixers could be one of the most entertaining moments of the show's history if that was to come down to the yeah, Eastern we may, Conference. We may have Final. to do it an episode every I mean, every game. I would be down for that because it's it's the height it's it is the height of competition between our two favorite teams. Like this is the best it can get. They yeah, can't yeah. make the finals, so yeah, I know that's that's very true. I like this is probably the best it can get in general, though. I don't see I don't see the. I don't see the Marlins getting getting up there anytime <laughs> soon. I don't see. I I, I mean, the Colts. Well, well, the, call, the Colts. That's the problem. It's the Colts holding back now. Like if, if uh, they had if they had their act together, it could be Colts Dolphins in an AFC Championship game. But 76 is a heat best chance right now. Not even the Flyers. I mean, the Panthers are just running away with the NHL playoffs, <laughs> and Flyers Flyers are out here in the lottery. Uh, first overall, we're looking like be nice I, I don't really know what that means i don't really care very much but let's get it jet you have a little uh fantasy football segment i hear yes so in mm. in the season of we dynasty fantasy football a lot of people are beginning to not only prep for their dynasty rookie drafts but some startup drafts which the podcast is starting their own we have a bunch of friends and family that are in this league people that are you know i've watched the show listen to the show fans of the show um we'll have more on that as that get, gets going we're gonna you know rank all the teams we're gonna keep up with the league we're gonna have a ton of content based off of that but in the meantime now that the nfl draft has passed us and with all those rookie drafts coming up there's been a lot of hype based on certain landing spots we knew what these players were before their landing spots but now that we have a landing spot Things have changed. Values have changed. So now I want to get your opinion. We're going to do some buy or sell on some of the trendy rookies now in terms of where they landed and some of the hype they've seen. We've seen a lot of these guys, uh, their stocks have been on the rise in, in the so recent, recent days. So so we're looking at rookies only today. Rookies only. Rookies only. Um, no DeAndre Swift? No DeAndre Swift, but the guy that replaced him, I think we, we may bring up. Actually, let's bring him up right now because he's, he's okay. first on my list. Jameer Gibbs obviously went 12th overall to the Detroit Lions, their new starting running back. Obviously, David Montgomery is, is there now, but there's a, lot, there's a lot of hype around Jameer Gibbs. He's a very talented back. I think him going in the top 15 is only going to increase that hype going forward. Uh, but when you, when you look at Jameer Gibbs, obviously, David Montgomery is still there. But it's a very, very good offense, and a lot of people are are interested in taking him as high as number two overall in in dynasty twelve team rookie drafts. I personally would take um, JSN Jackson Smith and Jigba over him. But in terms of the player Jameer Gibbs and where he landed with the Lions, are you buying or selling his stock or holding? I know you like to add that that third one too. Uh, I mean, it's an option in real life, so let's not let's not uh, pretend it's not. You know, it's it's so tricky because it's like obviously we have no sample size, you know. And secondly, it's so tricky because how often does a twelfth overall running back really hold his value or increase his value? Um, so in that sense, I would sell. But just looking at the player alone, I'm thinking, yeah, I think I'm thinking he has a great a great shot to be a very very impactful player, uh, both fantasy and and fantasy aside because 
this Lions offense, let's let's talk fantasy aside for a second. Yeah. I mean, they're loaded. This is a, this is a loaded offense. If Jared Goff can have a season like he did last year, where I think I've mentioned this on the show before, I believe he was a top seven, eight quarterback in the league last season. If he has a season just like that, I mean, this is a team that, I mean, they're not worried about, they're definitely not worried about the Packers. They ain't worried about the Bears. I don't think they're worried about the Vikings anymore. I think this is a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. Um, and then from a fantasy aspect, I, I think Jameer Gibbs can end up being, you know, I think he has RB2 overall potential, RB3 overall potential. So I'm going to say I'll buy his stock. Well, let me ask you this. So on average, Jameer Gibbs is going at the fifth spot in rookie drafts. Um, currently, he's listed as the RB5 in dynasty formats, according to Keep Trade wow. Cut. If you had, if you had the I one, think. if you had the one hundred five, would you keep it or trade it for the guy above him or the guy below him? The guy be- above him is Christian McCaffrey, RB four. Guy below him is Saquon Barkley, RB six. Would you hold that pick and take Jameer Gibbs or trade it for one of those players? Uh, Barkley's twenty seven, McCaffrey's twenty six, twenty seven, right? Mm-hmm. I think just age, age alone is enough. You know, and injury history with both of those guys. I think age alone is enough, though, to say I'd rather have Gibbs at five. What about uh, Jonathan Taylor? Where is he? Three? He's three. This is so hard. Like, that's such a it's such a biased, loaded question. No, I know, like, but like, he's, I would very clearly have about, the most beautiful human ETN? being. How about Travis Etienne? Okay, yeah. I would take Jameer. I would have Jameer Gibbs over Travis Etienne okay. for right now, okay. just because I think, well. No, I, I take that back. I'm going to take Travis Etienne because I think like the Lawrence Etienne connection is something that is going to be here for more. It's going to be more consistent. It's going to be here for. It's going to have better longevity. I think Jameer Gibbs just in the situation he'll be in won't be necessarily as good as Etienne's situation, uh, and their ages are pretty close. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Etienne. Okay. Hesitantly, hesitantly. Okay, fair enough. Let's go with the wide receiver position now. Jordan Addison was selected to the Minnesota Vikings. He's looking like he's locked in to be that wide receiver two behind Justin Jefferson, an absolutely great landing spot for him. And with that landing spot, his stock has also been on the rise. Currently wide receiver 18 in dynasty formats, going around pick six, seven, eight in dynasty formats. Are you buying or selling his stock? Well, tell me some of the receivers. I want to hear some of the receivers around him. Yeah, so this is wide receiver 15 through 20 with Addison being 18. 15 is Diggs. 16 is Cooper Cup. 17, Devontae Adams. 18, Jordan Addison. 19, Christian Watson. And 20, DJ Moore. I'm sorry, Christian Watson is at 19? Christian yeah, Watson is at 19. Is that, a, is that a serious stat? Yeah. Do you, do you agree with that? Just real quick side note. I mean, I do. I like really. He's the number one. He's the number one on the Packers. I get there's some questions with Jordan Love, but he's a competent quarterback from what we've seen in the small sample size. And Christian Watson at a at a strong show. I know it was a lot of touchdowns, but I think a lot of those touchdowns can be converted to more yards this year with him being the focal point of the Packers offense. 24 years old. Um, I I would have him above the names that are below. Him. I have him above DJ Moore. Debo Samuel, Quinn Johnson, Michael Pittman. Like, I, I don't think there's a case for those guys to be above him. I think Romeo Dobbs is going to be the one in that that offense. Really? I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. But, but leave that to the side for now. I think Jordan Addison, I'm going to sell that stock. I don't, I don't think I necessarily believe him playing behind Justin. Because, like, Kirk Cousins, we know 
he's throwing for 4,000 yards, right? Yeah. A quarter of those are a quarter of those at least are going to one guy. And we'll say half of his passing touchdowns are going to that same guy. I just don't know if he'll be able to hold that fantasy value behind what is the most elite wide receiver in football. And maybe that we've seen, in my opinion, since Randy Moss, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think, I just don't think like, obviously it's great. It's going to be a great offense. He's going to be a great player. He's going to make great plays. It's going to open up Justin Jefferson a bit more too, which again could also be cause for concern. So I, I think, I, I don't, I just don't think the volume is going to be there at this point. I, and, and truthfully that could be completely wrong. I just have to see how that offense goes, but I'm going to say sell for now. Okay. Let's go to the tight end position. Now a guy that was drafted to the Buffalo bills, Dalton Kincaid, uh, the tight end six. Now, according to keep trade cut, obviously Dawson Knox is still there. Stefan Diggs is still there and they have a bunch of other weapons, but there is a lot of hype now with Dalton Kincaid being that he was a coveted pass catcher coming into the draft and he does a lot out of the tight end position and the bills obviously felt the need to draft a tight end considering they already had one. So they obviously see something that he can add to this Buffalo bills team. He's sandwiched in between George Kittle and Dallas Goddard right now at tight end six in PPR formats, buying or selling or holding Dalton Kincaid. I'll buy that. Cause I mean, tight end is such a weak position and I think, you know, the talk has been that Josh Allen doesn't have enough weapons, even though he has a top five receiver. That's a story for another time, though. I think they're going to use him a lot, and I think they're going to try to scheme for him, truthfully. I think down around the end zone is going to be like just just his – it's going to be his world. Uh, it's going to be Stefan Diggs whip routes, Josh Allen running, and corner routes to Dalton Kincaid. And good luck stopping one of – all three of those, you know, on the same play. So I'm going to go ahead and buy that stock. I think he's going to end up with like I, – I bet he ends up like a 800-yard receiver, six, seven touchdowns this season, which, you know, rookie years is great numbers for a tight end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Next up, we got two more. Two more. One more okay. running back, one more wide receiver. The next one drafted to the New Orleans Saints, Kendra Miller. Um, Obviously, with the Alvin Kamara suspension looming and also his – his play has significantly gone down in the last couple of years, whether that's because of the off the field issues or, or just in terms of him getting older. Kendra Miller is now there. Obviously Jamal Williams is also there, but anytime a rookie running back goes into to a situation where there could be plenty of opportunity, they're going to get a lot of hype. Kendra Miller is getting a lot of hype uh, currently in terms of rookie drafts. He is on average the 16th player taken in rookie drafts, in terms of running backs in general, he is the RB31 sandwiched in between David Montgomery and Brian Robinson. Are you buy, selling, or holding Kendra Miller? I think I'll hold on him. I don't see I don't see a clear path to him elevating his play with the Saints team year one. I don't I'm not super impressed by this offensive line. And I'm not super impressed really with any aspect of this Saints team, you know, from quarterback to special teams. So for me, I don't, I think it's going to be the type of thing where they slowly work him into the offense and it's going to be maybe like a learn, just learn the playbook, get, you know, get your vision up, learn from Kamara because obviously at one point was one of the premier backs in all of football and I think this is going to be the type of thing where we see him really emerge in year two. So I'm going to hold. 
Okay, very nice. Last one. This is purely because of landing spot. Rasheed Rice going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs are still looking to figure out who's going to be that wide receiver one. Could it be the Kadarius Tony? Could it be Rasheed Rice, who they drafted? Obviously, Travis Kelsey is still there. Uh, but with with Rasheed Rice, currently the wide receiver 21 or the the player 21 overall in rookie drafts and the wide receiver 48 in terms of all wide receivers right now sandwiched between Elijah Moore and Gabe Davis by seller hold Rasheed Rice of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's so tempting to just Im- immediately say bye because we had the same tease last year with Sky Moore. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, this guy's quick. He's Tyreek Hill's replacement. He's got Mahomes throwing to him. He's got Kelsey drawing linebackers away from him. Uh but I'm still going to say bye. I, I'm going to take all of what I thought with Sky Moore and throw it away. I'm going to forget completely about it. And I'm going to say, you know what? It's time. The Chiefs found their one. They went out and grabbed him. And he's going to play elite for this team. And I think he is the type of the type of guy where it's like, okay, he could win you a fantasy championship year one. Yeah, something interesting with the Chiefs, though, is they have not had a ton of success hitting on their hitting no. on their skill position players. Besides quarterback, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes, missed on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, missed on Skymore, missed on Nicole Hardman, obviously. No! Well, come on. That, Stop! That, that was, that Nicole was, Hardman, that, that's that wasn't with, that's with, with what they were expecting out of Michael Hardman and him being that next version of Tyreek Hill. Obviously, no one can replace him. That pick did not work out. And obviously, it didn't work out because he's not even on the team anymore. So, obviously, they weren't right. high enough on him to be able to keep him around. I uh, think Michael Hardman's a good player. I do. He's a good player, but he wasn't what he what they expected no. when, okay. when they initially made that pick. And to go, to go follow up on your point, Tyreek Hill wasn't drafted as a receiver. He was drafted as a return man. True. No, that, that's very so. true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, Rasheed Rice, there's already a bunch of clips going around with him getting some work in with Patrick Mahomes at um, early early on in, in mini camp and all of that stuff. Uh, looks like he's he's definitely flashy, but Sky Moore is the same way. So we'll have to see, we'll have to see where this goes. Where he's going in, in drafts, it's it's a it's a nice pick to make. Just based off the upside of where he is alone, right? So it, I'll, it I'll gladly take him like end of the second round in a rookie draft. Yeah, very that's the thing. gladly. That's the thing. Like you, you know, he's in a good spot. If it doesn't work out, not the end of the world. But if it does, maybe you have Tyree Kill 2.0. Who knows? Right. That's yeah, all I got. That was a good. That's one. all I, I got. appreciate. It. That was a good one. Uh, Rasheed Rasheed Wallace was a Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice was a. A great pick. Definitely made me think on that one, Jet. <laughs> Jet, you are four and a half out of 11 so far mm. in trivia. Uh, five and a half, no? No, four and a half, sir. Sorry. Uh, you went one. No, I mean, I could go back right now. It's, Look, it's, okay. it's on okay. paper. That's why we do it on paper and in That's pen, right. my friend. No, let's go back. Let's go back here. I could have sworn I remember hearing five and a half. but So you went three for six uh, on episode 82. Okay. Three for six. And on episode episode 81, we did NBA playoff trivia. You did 1.5 out of 5. Remember, you got uh, – you didn't know Jerry West. I, I said, uh, said Stanley O'Brien. I know. Yeah, that's what I, I was. Know, I know. I know. <laughs> I still think about that. Okay, All right, four Jeff. And a half, four and a half. So I, I got four questions for you. And I also have 
one full bonus point that okay. doesn't count against you if you get it wrong. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm pulling for you here. I really am. And to boot, this is Marlins trivia. <laughs> this is so, so embarrassing. <laughs> so we really need you to pull through here and get five out of four points. That would be huge for the brand. You'd be nine and a half out of 15 at that point, and you'd be shooting par. Okay. So oh, here's God. your opportunity. Marlins trivia. Are, are any of this timed? Are any of this timed? Or? I mean, like, we can't sit here till three o'clock. No, 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 no. So, I mean, sort of. We'll say okay. sort of. Okay, okay. Here's your opportunity, Jack. Question number one. The longest hitting streak in Marlins history, Jet, is held by who? Oh, that's a tough one. Jorge Cantu. The answer is Luis Castillo began in the year 2002. Um, here's here's half a bonus point opportunity. If you can tell me how many games the streak went for, I'll give you half a point for free. 22. 35 games, actually. So really? he, made a good, he made a great run. At the 56 gamer, he didn't beat the streak, but he was close, Jet. All right. It's all right. I'm educating you. It's all okay. this one, this one should be easy. Okay. In 2003, the Miami Marlins won the World Series. Yeah. Who was the World Series MVP? Josh Beckett. Josh Beckett, that is correct, Jet. You are one for two. Number three. Who was the first rule five pick in MLB history? To be an all-star in the year he was drafted. Miami Marlins player. Like that that was on the team when he got the all-star appearance, or yes. Um Chris Coglin. Decent guess, Jeff, but the answer is Dan Ugla. Fuck, Dan no. Ugla was a Rule I didn't 5 know he pick. Was a rule 5 pick. And the year he was drafted, he was an all-star. Very, very – I mean, that's good for you. I mean, that's a serious feat to accomplish. Yeah, damn. Final question, Jet, and the bonus – half a bonus point is involved still. Who was the first Marlins player to ever be signed? And I'll tell you the bonus point now so you can start thinking about it early. Okay. I don't need the day. I need the month and year that it happened. (laughs) That's what I was laughing at for your show. Like, there's not many to be honest there's like not many players on that team that i even know but the one that i do know and i this is, this is a long shot but charlie huff um that that's my guess and, and the year the month and year i would have to say november of of 1992 I was going to give you half of the half point there because you were close. I mean, you were so close. The answer is Clemente Nunez was the first Marlins player ever signed. And you were very close with saying November of 92. 
It was December 16th, 1991 was the first ever Miami really? Marlins signing. Yes. Clemente Nunez. I mean, you got to think you got to field the team. You got to have a good amount of time before you actually That's start true. playing. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Yikers, Jet. One for four on Marlins trivia. <laughs> All stuff that I wasn't even around to see. <laughs> You are now looking at a 5.5. You, you didn't give me one question of modern-day Marlins baseball from, like, 2000. Well, you gave me the 2003 stuff, but nothing in the 2010s. You're now 5.5 for 15, Jet, uh, shooting a little over 33% from the field. Kind of disappointed. I mean, is this a sports podcast or not? <laughs> Clemente Nunez? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> First player you guys have ever signed. You should know it. You don't know about the first Philly you ever signed, do you? Do you know who that is? No. Exactly. <laughs> that was probably in like 1879. So was it really that late? I thought it was in the 1400s. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a. Philly I thought. Before. I thought. I thought you won a World Series every 300 years. <laughs> well, Jet. 5.5 out of 15. I might have to start easing up on these questions a bit, make them a bit easier. Oh uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Um, No, I'm disappointed. I am. I I, I wouldn't have gotten the Clemente whatever guy's <laughs> question. Um, you could have gotten Dan Ugla. I think Dan I could have. I could have gotten. I didn't know Dan Ugla was a rule five pick. That's fair. I don't. I don't honestly know Chris Collin was a rule five pick, but one of those two <laughs> Me guys. Either. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, but the the I I don't like my answer for the the hitting streak one. I was trying to think of of guy. I thought of like I don't know if you know any of these guys, but like Emilio Bonifacio seemed yeah. like a guy that that had a Bonifacio. Bunch of- so I actually that question was pulled directly off of a website called MarlinsTrivia.com, and uh, Emilio Bonifacio is they got they they were multiple choice questions. He was one of the responses. Okay. I think. It, Miguel Cabrera was also up there, and I think Dan Ugla also was too. I think that was the four. Yeah, I think um, Jorge Cantu had like an on-base streak. I think that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, okay. Not a hit streak. So no, I mean, are you asking for a half a point here? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, a, cor- <laughs> a quarter is would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we going to commit to it now? If it's Sixers Heat Eastern Conference Finals, are we going to get a game day episode? Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. We'll record the day before game and release it the day of. Ah, I found the streak. It was, okay. it was, it was, um, it was, t- it was, it was a streak with the consecutive games to open the season with at least a hit and an RBI. So, oh, how many games did he do that? It was, well, four. This, this article says it was at 10 on April 16th. I don't know what it ended up going to. Oh, he, he did it. He went up to thirteen. It was four shy of the record of seventeen. So that's impressive. It really is. That is. So I was. I was thinking of a streak. Wrong streak. My bad. No, no worries. Uh, you got one right. Like I said, shooting about thirty-seven percent from the field. Yeah, because I was gotta... alive for that one. That's why. Well, we got to get those numbers up. Is all I'm trying to say. You know, the guys behind you in that background, they wouldn't be too happy if their teammates were shooting thirty-seven. Just imagine me, one of those guys in the background behind you. No, no, no. <laughs> that feels weird no word of the day because we already got it out of the way oh yeah uh, i know i don't even know how to end this now just uh just inform inspire entertain is uh, that what we did well we entertained at the top today we yeah we did, we did it. yeah um we've been informing all episode 
Oh yeah. And no I'm shortage. Not- no shortage of informant. No short. No, there never has been. I mean, and we already knocked out Inspire today. We don't have to scramble for it. Um, I, I, I already- mean, I can add to that. Like, know no, your team trivia. Go to go yeah. to phillistrivia.com. Go to oriolestrivia.com. Go to your your team trivia.com. Pick some quick questions. See if you know your team as well as I don't. Um, <laughs> and then and go. Let us know. Let us know the results of some of those those trivia questions that you take, and and we'll we'll give a prize to whoever sends us the screenshot first. We'll give a uh, World Baseball Classic tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> twenty twenty seven. Let's do it. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this installment of the twenty five eight Sports Cast. Sixteen away from a hundred now, Jet. We yeah. are. We're getting up there. Um, other podcasts in the area, I don't, I don't think they can keep up these numbers. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should abolish them. You know, stat. definitely but, consider uh, it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Twenty Five Eight Sportscast. I'm Tommy. This is Jet, and that was your favorite podcast.